0: Hello and welcome to another um, podcast on our Prepared to Answer series and website. Um, It's good to have you all with me today. Um, I do hope you are enjoying um, reaching out, um, sharing your faith or living the Christian life um, that we're called to do. I do hope that's something that is on on your heart and I'm sure, like me, you've got questions, um, you've got um, queries that you encounter, some you can answer, some that you can't. And it's just good to have resources, of one of which I like to go on, check out many resources myself. And I think that's obviously what I'm trying to put out here. Um, but what I want to address today uh, was a topic that comes up. It's an in-house discussion. Um, it's not so much appealing to atheists and agnostics right now, but it's an in-house discussion. And to be honest, it was a conversation come up at the end of church yesterday, but it's came up many times before over the years. And that's the, the idea that once you're saved, you're always saved. Um, and it comes about because someone suggests, as we obviously believe, and I'll state it now before I do the, this podcast, that I don't believe that's the case. I believe that we can drift away from God and there is a final state of falling away, but we can drift away from God and it is possible to lose our salvation. And I shared this yesterday. And someone in the congregation that was talking to not not a, um, a member of our church, um, stated that, again, he believes that once we're saved, we're always saved. And I've heard this many, many times over the years. So what I wanted to do today was just address um, a little, actually, uh, memorable way to remember how to, to deal with this. Obviously, as I always say, there's many ways to deal with it, but I like to put it down in a succinct way into something that we can can remember. Um, and I think if you think of the phrase that I would classify this as a form of false doctrine and therefore my, my goal, this is my my uh, tenuous link to my acronym, which is I want to mop up false doctrine um, and the acronym for this memorable points, these points today is mop. Um, it's a bit of a strange one, but anyway, mopping up false doctrine, mm-hmm. mop Mob is the three. the three, three beginning of each of the little um, points that I have today. Starts with the letter M, O, and M P, and we'll go through that now. Um, the first point then, and dealing with once saved, always saved, to refute that false doctrine, um, is starts with M, and it's a misapplication of scripture. So, uh, what happens when someone states to you that they believe it's once saved, you're always saved? They they misapplying scripture. So. And what it is, they look at very common scriptures that you tend to hear would be ones like John. These are the proof texts that they have. And one would be John 10 um, in 28 tells us. I'm just going to look and read a few scriptures today. Uh, but John 20, 10 and says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And it goes on to say that um, no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. Um, that's one of the ones that they, they mention. Um, well... Obviously, it does say, and I do agree that it says, that we can't um, be snatched out of Jesus' hand. We can't be snatched out of the Father's hand. That's absolutely right to say that. But that doesn't mean that we can't actively leave ourselves. So if we decide to be in Christ and we're living in Christ, then yes, we can't be plucked by anyone else, by the world, by Satan, by any of his schemes. We can't be plucked away. But we can decide to leave. Um, we, can, we can take ourselves away which again we're going to look at very clearly in scripture in a moment. There's multiple scripture attestation to that. But the other scripture they tend to use also, and again I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on these just for time, but you could go into a lot of detail, particularly on this one. And this is 1 John 2 verse 19. And this one says, that they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they wouldn't have remained with us. But their going showed that they, none of them belonged to us. So the the fact that they went meant that they never belonged to us in the first place and the reason I say this, this is a proof text because any scripture you show someone who believes in once saved, always saved, they will automatically come back and say well okay I see what you're saying but they were never saved in the first place. So anyone who's in a regenerate, saved state cannot not be in that state anymore. Um, and therefore, they'll say they were never saved in the first place. And they'll go to First John 2 verse 19, which says, Again, they went out from us that showed that they were never fought with us in the first place. And again, I would say, well, okay, there, it is right to say that they, their going showed that they didn't belong to Christ. Clearly, that's right. The fact that they went showed they didn't belong to Christ. But if you read on in this passage, which is always a good idea, you'll see um, it talks about having an anointing from the Holy One. And you know the truth, because no lie comes from the truth. This is just if you read on in first John 2. Um, and it says in verse 24, See that you what you've heard, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father, and this is what He promised us, even eternal life. And he goes on to say Verse 27 As for you, the anointing you receive from Him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Several times, just after this passage, when he talks about people who didn't belong to him in the first place, that's why they left, he then goes on to say, look, ensure that you remain in him. You know, um, make sure his words remain in you, if they do. Um, you've, re- you've. And again, it says in, uh, say, verse 27, it makes it very clear. This person has received an anointing. It says that you've received an anointing from him, but ensure that you remain in him. Why would he say remain in him if it's possible for you not to remain in him? So you've received the anointing and he still needs to say to you, well, look, make sure you remain in him. So if you read on in that passage, you'll very clearly see that those who had been anointed um, also had the possibility of not remaining in him. Jesus has his hand around us, but we can leave. Uh, which we're going to look at now. So that's the first point, M, Misapplication of Scripture. The O then, again, following our word MOP, which hopefully we'll not forget. I, I'm personally going to apply this. So M, Misapplication of Scripture. O stands for Overwhelming Scriptures in fe- against the one saved, always saved. So overwhelming scriptures. And then when I say overwhelmed, I really do mean overwhelmed. And again, I'm not going to go into these all in detail because I would be here all day but there is i've got at least 15 down here and they're all very very clear um i say i'll, I'll skim through a few of them but I'll, I'll pick out a few key ones and again against the the doctrine of once saved always we saved probably my favorite one i turn to is first corinthians 10 verses 1 to 13. it talks very clearly about the old testament the israelites about how they were um under moses they've been baptized um says they were baptized into Moses, they had all the same spiritual food and drink that we have, and from the rock that accompanied them when that rock was Christ. So they go to great lengths in this passage to say that they had all the same spiritual qualities, attributes um, given to them as we do, yet it says nevertheless God was not happy with them and most of their bodies fell in the desert. And it goes down to great lengths to say how they sinned against God, fell from his favour and never entered the Promised Land. And it says don't do what they did. It's a very, very clear, clear passage that not only does it say that people fell away from God and didn't inherit the promised blessings, the promised land, but it makes it very clear that they had were regenerate. They were they were accompanied by Christ. They had the same spiritual food, at the same spiritual, same spiritual drink that we have. They have all the benefits that we have. Um, again, just the the list of them here. Um, there's also Hebrews two. I'm going to just say there's 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 four chapters in Hebrews. I mean, you could go to any chapter in Hebrews, but there's Hebrews 2, 3, 6, and 10. Again, um, I'm going to these in more detail. Please drop me any comments if you really want to know more about them. I say there's so many of them, but I'm going to pick out one of them. So that's Hebrews, there's chapter 2, 3, 6, and 10, which are all ex- very, very explicit. Um, Hebrews 6 verse 4 says, It's impossible for those who have once been enlightened, notice the wording, Who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance. Because to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting subjecting him to public disgrace. So, is there any debate that that person has fallen away? Absolutely not. Is there any debate that they weren't saved in the first place? That once been enlightened, taste the heavenly gift, share in the Holy Spirit, taste the goodness of the Word of God. Um, and it says they, they accept the crucifixion of Christ, in other words, it had saved them, because they're crucifying them all over again. And it's incredibly explicit, and that's Hebrews chapter six. Uh, First Corinthians, we'll write some of these down. First Corinthians fifteen one, um, the two um, talks about if you continue to hold firmly, then you're saved; otherwise, you believed in vain. Um, it talks in Second Peter. Uh, again, write these down, Second Peter 2, and um, verses 20 to 22. If you write down First Corinthians 9, verse 27, Paul talks about how he could fall away, he could lose the race. If he didn't keep himself in the race, he could drop out of that race, implying to salvation in the future. Um, Galatians 5, verses 4, it talks about falling away from the grace. Um, talks about in um, Colossians 1, 21 to 23, write that down as well. Um, 1 Timothy 1 verse 19 um, I'll go to Second Peter just because I'm there Second Peter um, chapter 1 and then verse 10 Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 10 says that therefore my brothers be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure for if you do these things you'll not fall so be all the more eager to make it sure you're already saved but make sure to make it sure so making it sure. Um, the other one again, just while I'm there, I mentioned it a minute ago, but Second Peter 1 and then um, verse. See um, 2 Peter 2 um, verses 20 to 22. Again, it says, If they've escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, very clear, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than they've ter- known it and then turned their backs on it. So again there's 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 no disputing that verse. I mean it's very very clear that you can drift away and lose your salvation. Be regenerate but then lose that salvation because you've actively chosen to take yourself away and in several of them verses there's absolutely no doubt that the person was regenerate, was saved, uh, was in the right position before God. It, it's very very explicit it's very, very clear. A couple of other examples, again, not getting into um, too much detail, but the other examples you can use this, as sort of case studies, if you like, is Simon the Sorcerer, who himself in Samaria was saved among the other um, believers. He was baptized, uh, but then he found himself wanting the gifts for himself, so that he could impart the gifts the way the other apostles did. And it was said um, to him that you need to repent, otherwise, the, you know, this you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, gifts are gonna perish with you essentially, you know, you're you're going you're gonna to fall away, you're going to drift away, you're going to not be saved, you're going you're gonna to perish, essentially. And the other one was Judas. Um, again, you can look into Judas, which is a very clear example of someone who was in a position who had the gifts of the ministry, if you like, the miraculous gifts was given to him as they were to the others. He was entrusted and in the inner circle, yet it's very, very clear, and it's, no one's going to dispute it, that he had fallen away uh, and would not be in a position where he was saved when he, when he took his own life. Um, so that's O, so that's overwhelming scriptures. Uh, We've got a time on that one. And then the third one, then, so MOP, so M, misapplication of scriptures. O, overwhelming scriptures. And then the third one is premises are false. So false premises. So P, premises are false. So the idea of one saved, always saved rests upon false premises. So it's all part of the Calvin system of theology. Um, he was responding to Catholic theology, some of which he agreed with, some of which he didn't. He replaced some of that um, in a Protestant context and came up with what's called Calvinism, um, named after himself. Um, And it's what's known as a tulip system. Um, So each of them letters stands for something within the Calvinism. T stands for total depravity. U stands for unconditional election. L stands for limited atonement. I stands for irresistible grace. P stands for perseverance of the saints. The last one, P, perseverance of the saints, is what we're talking about today. Once saved, always saved. So the way this works is that each little segment depends on the other one. Um, so total depravity, we're totally depraved and we can do nothing good. We can make no good decisions. Anything we have is completely 100% of God. And there's no inclination of the man's heart to do anything good whatsoever. We are think bad all the time. Even our best moments are are awful and in, in God's eyes. We can do nothing good. Um, unconditional election then, therefore, we do not choose to be saved ourselves. It's totally of God. Um, it's not based on anything we can do. And God is the one that chooses 100%. Um, limited atonement then, basically, God, Jesus only died for those that are saved. He didn't die for those who weren't saved. Um, I, irresistible grace, you can't refuse it. So God has picked you over other people and you've got no choice as to whether to accept it or not. And therefore, guess what happens from that then? Well, clearly, if you're going to follow that system, well, you can't fall away. You can't drift away. God's chosen you over somebody else. Um, Jesus died for you over somebody else. And therefore, well, you you can't fall away. Of course, there's a lot of um, questions um, about all of these um, and how God chooses one. Obviously, then he actively doesn't choose other ones and as well as that they will be condemned for eternity. Um, But anyway... Uh, these um, doctrines are often found in as I say, Protestant denominations and interestingly what you'll find today is um, the, probably the first four are not followed so much anymore. Uh, a lot of the, the doctrines either, either people within the congregations either don't know these doctrines, they don't know that that's what their church supposedly follows, or if the church they are aware of them, they know themselves, we, we don't really hold to them anymore. I think the first four are not held to you the way they used to be. Certainly there are some groups that do, but more so the last one. But the issue with this is that they all standard fall based on the, the one before it. So if the first one falls, then they all fall. They're all dependent on each other. So we can't take the last one and say that one works. Well it doesn't work within scripture anyway. But the, the issue is to say, the reason they've got this belief system, and you'll notice it as soon as you start to look at the scriptures, it all comes from this idea that, well, God has handpicked me, um, therefore, how can I resist and how could I ever fall? And if I don't end up falling, well, then I was never chosen in the first place. So the problem with that, amongst many other things, is incredible insecurity, because it's supposed to be security, but you don't know whether you were saved or not. Because it means... If you say somebody you knew in your congregation for the past 20 years, you thought they were saved, you thought they were chosen by God, and then it turns out that they drifted away, they got into sin, and next thing you knew, they weren't following God anymore. And yet you were convinced that your friend in the fellowship had been saved, chosen by God. But they weren't. Well, well maybe the same applies to you. Maybe you weren't saved then, and maybe in another year's time, you'll be in the same position as they are. Um, so... Just a little way to help us remember this today, as I to say, my little acronym is MOP. I want to mop up any false doctrine. Uh, please send me any comments you have on this today. MOP stands for Misapplication of Scripture. They misapply the scriptures they use as proof texts. And if you dig into them, you'll find that that doesn't, again, it comes from the, the last one, of course, the idea of, of the false teachings to begin with. But Misapplication of Scripture, oh, and this is, this is the good one. The Bible is full of overwhelming scriptures that stand against once saved, always saved, and then P stands for premises are false. So it's all based on false premises, which have all fallen down in most people's eyes already. So yeah, look into these scriptures and just to get a bit more depth, a bit more clarity for yourself, a bit more understanding. And say so we don't need all them scriptures, um, I just there's so many good scriptures. But again, pick out maybe three or four ones, three or four scriptures that really help to articulate the point very clearly. I mean, the ones that are combined with one, the person can drift away. They can actively choose to leave God. God gives people free will to make that choice. But the scriptures, some of the scriptures, are also very clear that the person was in a very saved, regenerate state before they made that decision. Um, It's also common sense. You could argue, Uh, but again, um, again, the acronym is MOP: uh, misapplication of scripture, overwhelming scriptures, premises are false. Please drop me any comments you have on this today, and I'll be back with you again soon.